Jesus said, you, that's you guys, that's me, that's all of us here, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out, trampled on, underfoot. Jesus also said, you, that's all of us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt and light, two things that are absolutely essential to our existence and our life. We play an integral part in the well-being and life of the world. You might pause there for a minute and think, well, surely salt and light aren't more essential to life than food and drink. We all know if we don't eat enough, we'll die. If we don't drink enough, we'll die of thirst. But if you're dehydrated, as can happen easily enough in a hot country, simply drinking water isn't going to replenish the essential fluid levels in your body if you don't have enough salt in your system. It's salt and the minerals that are found in unrefined salt that enable the body's cells to retain the right amount of water in the right place. If you've sweated too much salt out of your body, drinking water isn't going to make you any better because without the minerals in salt, the body will not absorb the fluid it needs from the water that you drink. Without salt, we'll die. Long-term Star Trek fans might remember an episode of Star Trek where they visited a planet where a, a, a monster killed people by taking the salt out of their bodies. I preached a sermon on that once and someone said they knew the episode. They were able to quote the name of it to me. They had die-tard Star Trek fans in that church. In the ancient world, a huge amount of importance was attached to salt. Roman soldiers were given a daily ration of salt, which is how we get our term salary. So when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He's saying that we, as Christians, as his followers, as people who believe in him, we are absolutely essential to the life and health of the society in which we live. Without us, the world would be sick. The world would die. It's the same with light. We, we know we all need food to stay alive, but the simple fact is that without light, we would all ultimately starve to death. That's because without light, photosynthesis can't take place. Photosynthesis has been described as the most important thing that happens in the world. It's the mechanism that enables plants to grow. What makes plants different from animals is that plants can make their own food from sunlight and carbon dioxide, which they absorb during the day. That's photosynthesis. And we eat plants, and we eat stuff that plants produce, and we eat animals that eat plants, but without light... Eventually, all the edible matter in the world will disappear. 
So yes, we all know we need to eat to stay alive, but without light there would be nothing to eat eventually. So Jesus once more says, you are the light of the world. You, as his followers, are essential to the life and health of the communities in which we live. That is an enormous claim to make. What is so special about us? What quality is it in us that has capacity to make such a huge difference? Well, perhaps primarily, we represent and communicate the presence of God in the world. Jesus, when he talks about us being the light of the world, says that we should lead lives characterised by good deeds so that when people see how we live, they respond by glorifying our Father in heaven. In other words, people might be inclined to acknowledge the existence of God and maybe even worship him if they see the family likeness expressed in how we live our lives. Someone called Wolfgang Trilling puts it this way, the good works are simply the light that has penetrated life and been realised here. They are truth become tangible, faith become life. They are not something apart from faith. The whole of our good works are Christian life in action, active precisely in work, always discharging like an active volcano. Our faith will find a natural expression in how we live. Belief shapes culture, as Mark Green says. It's essential that it does, because if it doesn't, then we will be, as Jesus put it, like salt that's lost its saltiness, good for nothing except to be flung on a dung heap or trampled underfoot. Can salt lose its saltiness? Isn't it inherently salty? There's a debate about what Jesus was talking about here. But some people make the point that uh, the salt Jesus was talking about was not the refined and processed table salt that we find in our salt cellars that health experts say is so bad for you. Jesus was talking about the kind of salt that comes from the Dead Sea region. That's not pure sodium chloride. Sometimes the content of salt crystals would have perhaps as little as one-third sodium chloride in them. That didn't matter because all sorts of other valuable elements might be present in the mix as well. But the salt and those other valuable minerals were all soluble in water. So if you take what looks like rock salt and rinse it thoroughly and throw the water you've rinsed it in away, you are in effect throwing away all the good minerals and content and you're left with the stuff that to all intents and purposes might look like salt, but isn't the real thing. It's salt that's lost its saltiness. So there's a danger of us looking like people who believe in Jesus, doing all the right kind of things, as Marion said, but... The core of faith in the life-changing God, that needs to be present in us. The core needs to be there for us to make a difference in the world. Salt is inherently salty in the same way as Christians are inherently people of faith. Can't go through the motions if the faith is not there in the centre. It is about being genuine. For us to be genuine as followers of Jesus, who really are the salt of the earth, that means having a faith at the core of our being that affects who we are and how we live and the culture around us in a positive way. 
So it should never be the case that our place of work or whatever activity we attend or the group to which we belong would be better off without us. On the contrary, our calling is to be so involved in what is going on that other, might, other people might be inclined to say, oh, thank God you're here, even if they don't believe in God. That's what they think or feel because of the tangible difference that our presence makes because of the faith we have in the God who we represent. And it may be actually that we might not do a great deal to advertise, hey everybody, I'm a Christian, I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. Some of what we do might be quite unobtrusive, done in such a way that we don't draw attention to ourselves at all. Because that's how salt works, isn't it? You unwrap a pat of salted and a pat of unsalted butter and place them side by side. You look at them both, they look pretty much the same. You taste them, you can tell the difference because one tastes rather nice and the other doesn't taste quite so nice. The salt is invisible, but it makes a profound difference to the taste of the food that we eat. One of my favourite fairy stories as a boy when I was growing up, it wasn't a fairy story, a child story, was a kind of take-off of, of King Lear. King has daughters. How much do you love me? One says, I love you more, or, more, more than all the gold in the earth. She's wonderful. One says, I love you more than all the silver in the earth. She's wonderful. The third says, I love you more than meat loves salt. He wasn't impressed with that. Kicked her out. Disowned her. Eventually, she gets a job in the kitchen as a cook. Prepares a meal. Cooks it for him. Serves him meat without salt. Tastes absolutely disgusting. He commands the person to be brought before him who's responsible for this and finds it's his daughter and reinstates her because recognises the truth of what she was saying. The difference it makes is profound. In the ancient world, when salt was used as a preservative, there were two ways to tell whether meat had been treated and seasoned with salt or not. One, what does it taste like? Two, how quickly does it go bad? If we are living as the salt of the earth, we will make a difference to the places where we are. The quality of what takes place there will be better. And what is bad will be replaced by what is good. And people may not necessarily see or be aware that we're doing these things because we're followers of Jesus, but if we were pulled out of the equation, the lack of our input would become apparent. Question, if you stopped working where you work or stopped doing what you're doing, would people notice? What would the impact be? How would it affect them? How does your faith enable you to make a hidden yet significant difference to the people or situations you encounter outside the four walls of Brighton Road Baptist Church? How are you acting as salt to preserve and enhance the quality of the culture around you. And you might do it quietly and unobtrusively, but the difference will be real. But then, of course, whereas salt is hidden, light is not hidden. Jesus tells us specifically we shouldn't hide our light under a bushel or under a basin. What would be the point of that? The point of light is that it's visible. It shines brightly and illuminates everything for everyone present. So on the one hand, there'll be times when we act as salt and we're working under the radar, as it were, and no one quite knows that, that we're the ones responsible for the differences there. Other times we will be working like light 
and it will be visible and it will be apparent and everybody will know. Quite possibly there'll be times when we do draw attention to ourselves, but when that happens, our job then is to deflect attention away from us to the God whom we serve. So the people's response is not to say, oh, he's a jolly good bloke, but to comprehend and perceive actually when this person says that they attend church, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is why they behave like they do. This is the difference that it makes. I can see in that person that their faith affects the quality of the work, the quality of relationships, the kind of person that they are. And actually, yes, there is something there that registers. Sometimes I think we can make the mistake of thinking, if I'm a Christian, what I should be doing is telling other people where they're going wrong. What aspects of the behaviour offend or upset me because I'm a Christian? That sends out all kinds of wrong signals. We are not called to behave as if we're holier than thou. We're called to live lives of such Christian integrity that we do what it says on the tin. I believe in Jesus. I go to church. This is how I live my life. And those three things line up as they should. Because when one of those things gets out of alignment, then either we're in danger of losing our saltiness or we are in danger of upending a bucket over the light of God that should be shining out of our lives. Jesus said, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Does that mean we should be shouting the gospel from some elevated vantage point at passers-by? No. Does that mean we should actively look to be high profile in sharing our faith? Well... If you read the Daily Telegraph, you'll have seen yesterday in the paper, on the front page, uh, a report to the Synod saying that uh, preaching can put people off God. If you're going to witness, how you do it is vital. The report given to the Church of England Synod said that practising Christians who talk to their friends or colleagues about their faith are three times more likely to put them off God and to attract them to God. Sobering thought. Of those who said, yes, someone has tried to share their faith with me, 19% they wanted to know more, 59% said, no, I didn't want to know more. 23% felt attracted to Jesus, 30% felt more negative about Jesus as a result. The solution is not to stop sharing our faith, because that then deprives the minority who are interested of finding out more. The thing to do is to do it better in a way that commends Jesus, that is real and recognisably real and starts where people are at rather than presuming that they will automatically be on our wavelength when we want to talk about our faith. And it starts with there being something unavoidably distinctive about the kind of people that we are, the way we live our lives, the way we interact with others, the way we cope when something goes wrong or we don't get our own way. Something in these things that are significantly different so that it can't be ignored. Does this happen easily or automatically? Far from it, I wish it did. We all of us fail. None of us is perfect. Let's be honest in acknowledging this. 
But the problem is, I think, that because we know we fail as Christians, sometimes we can think, actually, because I, I do a rubbish job of it sometimes, it might be better to keep quiet about my faith and not stand out from the crowd because I know that at some point I'm going to compromise and let God down and my witness is not going to be as 100% good as it should be. And so because we know sometimes our light flickers a lot or isn't as bright or as strong as we would wish, we simply think, I'll hide it under a bushel, then I'm not going to let God down by how I live out my life. And yet, in a power cut, a flickering candle is light years better than total darkness. However dim your light might be, let it shine so that others maybe catch just a glimpse of the character of your Father in heaven in you. So, live out the faith in practice. And as you're living out the faith in practice, as opportunities arise, let it be known that that's what you believe. This is why you are the person that you are. This is what you do with your Sunday mornings. Don't hide it away. Let it register. And live the life that backs up the words that you say. Because sooner or later the opportunity will come. Someone will say, well you believe in God, don't you? What do you think about this? That's the time to be real about your faith. Keep doing the good stuff even if it seems that nobody notices. Because then you are being the salt of the earth. Essential for the health and well-being of our society. Really? Really, that's what Jesus says. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Don't waste time pondering and assessing the impact you're having on other people or the difference you might be making. You'll either end up being proud of an absolute failure. Neither of those is good to anybody. Just get out there. Live your life quietly, with integrity, and wholeheartedly for Jesus. Let him make the impression through you. Get on with doing what he tells you to do. Live your life the way he tells you to live it. Leave the outcome of that in his hands. But when the opportunity comes to say, actually, this is what I believe and why, take it. Let your light so shine before other people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we all wonder sometimes what the best way of witnessing to our faith is. And many of us, most of us, want to confess we haven't always done a good job. Forgive us for those times when we have hidden our light away. And pretended we don't have a faith or not. Acknowledged it at times where we could or should have done. Forgive us for those times when we have been like salt which isn't salty because we've just joined in with everybody else and not made a positive difference in a negative culture. Lord, instill within our hearts a genuine faith 
that affects how we live. And by how we live, affects the culture in which we find ourselves. Make us life-changing, life-giving salt. Make us life-changing, life-giving light. And where we're daunted, or we don't feel up to that, or we feel failures, Lord, enable us to hear your word. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's our calling. That's our identity. Lord, may we be salt that is salty. And may we be light that shines for you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.